Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature guests who inspire and uplift future generations with their work, primarily authors, um, but anyone really who inspires kids to be their best version of themselves. And today I have the honor of speaking with Carol Silverstein out of West Hollywood, California. And thank you, Carol, for being here today. Thank you for having me. So I had um, so much fun reading your debut um, novel, or is it middle grade middle grade novel? YA. YA. Okay. Like lower YA, younger. Lower YA. YA. Yeah, and it was um, it's just this kind of Spitfire kind of I mean almost punk rock ish, uh, feisty book that was just super entertaining, and um, and I and I started asking myself where did all this come from? How did your journey begin? Because I think you started out in film, correct? I started out wanting to be a screenwriter. Um, I only had the smallest amount of success, just enough to keep me hopeful and hungry. Um, but I tended to write about young female protagonists. And, you know, I would start my pitches in Hollywood. So it was just this, this young girl, and then all, all the doors in Hollywood would slam shut, because especially back in the 90s, it wasn't all the streaming and so much more opportunity for different types of storytelling. And if it wasn't IP, which is intellectual property, if it wasn't an adaptation of like Harriet the Spy or some other well-known property that happened to star a young uh, girl, uh, Hollywood was not very interested. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, someone suggested that I try adapting one of my scripts into a children's book and I wish I remember who that person was because I, I owe that person everything. Um, and so I, I looked into the world of children's literature and discovered just this wonderful community and the fact that amazing books were being written um, today compared to what, you know, there were some amazing books when I was that age as well, but just so much more representation and, and boundary pushing and just really, really cool stuff. And I decided this is, this is more of a fit for me, this community. And then I, you know, 10 years later, 12 years later, uh, I, I, I had a book published. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I still, I still love screenwriting. I hope to get back to it. I would love to uh, sell a feature film, um, but I'm, but I'm really sort of steeped in the world of children's literature at this point. Yeah, I think it's really neat that you can, as a writer, adapt into different mediums and that's such a gift to be able to go from writing screenwriting and learning all the rules and how to do that and then take the plunge into the world of children's literature like you did and now you sit on the board for Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators. I, I am no longer on the board. I was on the Equity and Inclusion Committee yeah. um, and I was on the board of the local SCBWI chapter for many years, um, but I am, I am no longer, I am just a, a member among the ranks. Yeah, well. Uh, at this point, so. Yeah, I'm a member as well. And it's a, it's a really nice community, I think, for, for anybody who's at any level of writing, so. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So when you were writing this book, um, I think I either listened in one of your videos or read on your website that you wrote some of it out of order. I wrote all of it out of, out of sequence, yeah. 
it was the wildest approach. I've, I had never done that before. And um, one of the things that's being a screenwriter, I mean, trained in screenwriting beforehand really helped me with is like plotting, right? Um, and, and just sort of pacing and stuff like that. And with this book, it was so raw and it was so like vulnerable and dangerous. And I didn't know if it was ever going to sell. I just started writing scenes as they came to me. And I had hundreds of pages of just scenes. Um, and the only, the only sort of guidepost I had, because I'm a, I'm a plotter. I like to outline and, you know, start from the beginning and work my way through. Um, the only sort of guideposts I had is that uh, it was the second half of a school year. Uh, it would end with a graduation that she may or may not participate in, and that it was it was very soon after uh, she was diagnosed with this, you know, painful, embarrassing chronic illness, and and that was it. And so I had hundreds and hundreds of pages, and and at a certain point, I thought, okay, I need to look at what I have rearrange it, see where I need bridges from one sort of sequence to the next um, and try to make it, make a plot, you make a story yeah. out of it. And, you know, obviously I succeeded in doing that, but it was a very strange way to go about it. Yeah. Um, and I swore I would never do it again, but I'm doing it again a little bit with my, the book I'm working on now, but the big difference is I have an outline. Like I uh, know yeah. where the plot's going. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, do you like, did you, how did what was that process like did you use note cards or like a whiteboard just, or anything or? just word just word yeah. and I used excel to help with like the the calendar I had to do um I, I did an excel excel spreadsheet to really track the different um first of all the time because when I sold the manuscript and I went back for the first big revision after getting my editorial letter I was like oh my god there's so many inconsistencies here like one day, one scene she'd say, you know, two months ago when I was diagnosed and, and another scene she would say three weeks ago. And, and it was, I, ha I had some duplicate scenes. So um, I used an Excel, Excel spreadsheet and also I printed out a calendar with different colored post-it notes to track the st school story, the family story, the medical story. Um, but, you know, they always say you have to like, have your manuscript in absolute tip-top shape in order to get an agent or to have your agent sell a book if you're if your debut and and that is true <laughs> but I, I'm sort of proof positive that if your voice is there uh, and your writing is compelling an editor might just be like I trust this person to, to fix all the stuff that's wrong with this book because when I went back to look at it um the time sequence. And she said that Monica Perez was my editor at Charles Bridgestein. And she said, yeah, you really got to look at all the time frame and the sequence and make sure you're not contradicting yourself. And I was like, sure, I'll look at that. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh did I ever sell this? But, you know, the voice was there. That's the thing yeah. with Curse from the beginning, from the first writing exercise that launched the book. Um, it was the voice and I was like, oh, I can hear her now and her story needs to be told. Yeah. And so how much of this came from your own personal experiences? Um, you know, it is definitely fiction, um, but some of my family members are, are sometimes could blur that line. So uh, the opening of the book was sort of set up. She's this newly diagnosed kid, newly diagnosed with uh, juvenile arthritis. She's been shipped off to live with her dad, who's a dentist. 
uh, because it's supposed to be easier for her. But she discovers that he leaves for his office before she has to leave for school. So she goes through the charade of pretending she's getting ready to go. And when he goes, she goes back to bed um, and, and cuts like six weeks of school. That actually is from that. That's that whole setup is straight from my life. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, now, most of the other stuff that follows, you'll have little bits and pieces um, that are that are like my life, were drawn from my experiences, but um, the whole relationship she builds with Mr. Jenkins, um, Oliver, completely made up. One of my cousins wrote me and said, oh, oh, did you keep in touch with Oliver? And I said, oh, I, I wish I had an Oliver when I was in eighth grade. Um, yeah, I mean, so there were a lot of little parts and pieces that were kind of drawn from my life, but that setup, um, which some people are like, oh, I don't know if I believe this. And it was like, believe it, it happened. Uh, so so that part is from my life yeah and you do such a good job describing the feeling of what the character's pain is like and so I think from an empathy perspective so many people could read your book and understand or just see a glimpse into what a day-to-day might be like for somebody with that disease and and just you know stepping into someone's shoes and you know i'm sure that so have you done any kind of um i guess like author visits and stuff with kids i have done some virtual stuff um i did book launches the year my book came out and then we had the pandemic Uh, the last thing i did before the pandemic was i was on a panel at the public library association big conference in nashville Um, and it was just like three days i was on a panel i did a signing at charles bridge booth um, then I flew home. There's a huge tornado right where I was in Nashville. Like, what a nightmare. They would have had to try to uh, evacuate the hotel I was staying in. And I was like on the 19th floor. I was like, whew, I really dodged a bullet there. And then two weeks later, the entire world shut down. Um, but I have had the pleasure of doing some, uh, a lot of little interviews. I've made some videos and stuff, and I've done some. Um, sort of like school visits or uh, uh, club, you know, book group visits with with some teens, and that's been fun. Um, but traveling, you know, doing live school visits, a little complicated with my disability. Yeah. So it was sort of like convenient that suddenly everyone was doing things virtually. Right. Um, and a lot of people I know are at the ALA conference this weekend. And that's so exciting. And part of me is like, oh, I wish I had a book. I wish I was there. And then the yeah. other part of me knows that it would be, you know, it, it's it's difficult. Uh, when I went to Nashville, I, I had a buddy come with me. It was like my support buddy, my disability, uh, you know, backup. And um, I think, you know, if I'm traveling, I'm always going to, I'm going to have like a family member or a buddy who's with me because there's just so much to navigate. Um, so it's a little more complicated, but I love, I love doing virtual stuff. It's really, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would assume. And you get to go so many other, you know, so many more places, right? Right, yeah. Because you can just jump from one virtual visit to the next and you're talking to somebody on the other side of the country. Yeah, I could talk to someone in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I did, I think my first virtual book visit during COVID, of course, and it was with students in Spain. And I went, mm. wow, I mean, I would have loved to have gone there, but um, yeah. 
but it was just really neat to be able to speak to that many people halfway yeah. across the world. And I think probably school visits, especially like with middle grade books, you know, there is value in being in person and getting to interact with the kids without, you know, little boxes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's there's different things available, which is which is good. I bet your story is very inspiring for especially for children who are going through a similar experience or have any disability at all and navigating. I mean, because there's some bullying in your story. There's all these things that are very real topics. So I'm sure mm -hmm. that it's very healing for them and inspiring for them to hear you talk about it too. Yeah, I've had um, the real the real joy of being an author and writing a book like this is when you get that email or that reach out um, from a kid with either JA or chronic pain or whatever and just said I you know I feel so seen and I've never I've never seen my pain um, described with such accurate detail and and, uh, and that you know that's 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 why you write a book like this. I mean, you write it to to build empathy and expose kids that maybe haven't dealt with anything like this to, uh, like you said, you get the slip into their shoes for yeah. the duration of the book. And then most most kids get to step back out. Um, I, I wanted definitely to write first person present tense because I did want you in her skin. And I had read, um, the year it came out, I read The Hate You Give which is also first person present tense and i was just amazed at how i could just slip into star's skin mm -hmm. and see all these things happening through her eyes and be afraid and outraged and profoundly sad and disappointed and and angry um but then i as a white lady um you know i got to step back out of her skin at the end of the book um, but I, I, I learned so much and that it was just a very entertaining, engaging book as well. And so with Cursed, like not to compare myself to Andrew Thomas, but with Cursed, I wanted that same thing. I wanted the people that don't have this experience to really get to, to sit in Ricky's skin for 320 pages and sort of see, see the world through that lens. Um, because, you know, most able-bodied people and, and white people, whatever, and straight people, we see it through our lens, just the whole world. And we don't know um, what it's like to see through those other lenses and not get to step out and have to, whatever you're dealing with, including the joy and the triumph of overcoming stuff or, you know, standing up for yourself or creating, you know, a space for yourself on the planet. Um, you know, we don't get to experience that through those lenses if we are not you know, members of those various communities. So I think that's such a wonderful power of books yeah. and um, especially books for kids. Like the more we do that, I think theoretically, the, the better a world we create. So it was, and it was a pleasure and an honor to be, to, to add to that, to add to that, be a part of the, the solution rather than, you know. Yeah. yeah. Did I hear you say you're working on another book? I am. I'm currently on submission with a picture book oh. called, um, I know I'm everything. I write everything. Uh, Some lines have wings and it originated, the idea originated as a picture book companion to cursed. So as strange as that sounds, far less cursing, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a book I wrote, I wrote like in excess of 25 drafts on trying to get it just right. 
And it's about a young girl who has juvenile arthritis and wants to be in the parade with her brother and her arthritis, you know, causes problems and she has big, messy, snarky feelings, just like Ricky did, but age appropriate for uh, a picture book. So if any editors are listening and are like, wow, that sounds really interesting. Um, my agent's contact info is on my contact page on my <laughs> website, carolruthsilverstein.com. So there's that, I'm on, I'm on submission with that. Um, but I'm working hard and heavy on a middle grade novel right now called Freya the Mighty. And it is about a Norwegian forest cat kitten born into a family of champion show cats and sort of expected to follow in her mother's paw steps. Yes. But she wants adventure and a more meaningful life. And she um, gets a little more adventure than she bargained for. Ooh. So it's a multi-POV, uh, multi-continent, starts in Norway, ends in New York. Um, wonderful anthropomorphic animal adventure. Um, it's a ways off from being, you know, completed and ready to send out, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, so I can see, very happy. I can see that just from the description as a screenplay also. Disney animation, Toy Story, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, uh, Pixar, that's, that's the fantasy that, uh, you know, that it gets picked up and made into an animated movie. Yeah. So would you then write that screenplay? You know, I have been uh, I've been advised strongly from other uh, authors who are also screenwriters like that to write your own adaptation is very, very tricky. And I have written scenes from Cursed um, that uh, had been performed in little disability uh, events. There's this event that the Disabled Writers Committee of the WGA has put on annually, I don't know if they're doing it this year, called the Disability Scene, and you submit you know, scenes, and then they are acted out um, by all disabled actors, and we've done these scene nights like three or four years, and I've been in all but one, and they've been little scenes from Cursed. Um, I don't know if Cursed will ever sell as a script. I know Charles Bridge uh, had the rights and was trying to do that, but a little further along the line now, um, and I had been working on this cursed uh, screenplay as a writing sample because I got permission from Charles Bridge to do that. But I have been cautioned by other authors that like, you're so close to it. If it sells, you know, let, let somebody who's great at adaptations write that. And animation is a very specific kind of screenwriting that I am not um, versed in. So oh. I imagine I would not write that, but. Okay. Yeah, I just, I'm always so curious because, um... Like I personally have tried to dabble in screenwriting. I don't have the formal education or anything. I've just kind of done like masterclass and books and, yeah. you know, all the available things online that you can do and it's hard. And so then I, I did the adaptation and then I went, should I rewrite my book? And so yeah. now I'm like going back and going through the book and going, should this match this? Cause it's different. And I don't know, it just seems like a big craziness. It's, it's a certain skill, just like animation is a particular kind of screenwriting. Adaptation is a little different than writing an original screenplay. And, and those choices of what to include, what isn't necessary, what you need to add to make it more filmic. I mean, it's a skill. Anything is a skill that can be learned, but if you don't have it, sometimes you learn by trying, failing, and then trying again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love screenwriting. I, I would love, I have a romantic comedy screenplay that I think is about a rewrite away from being something I could show, 
yeah. uh, but I'm not agented as a screenwriter. You know, it's it's a whole, it's it's very much like a a, a conundrum, chicken and egg conundrum, because it's like you need to have sold the screenplay to get an agent, but you need an agent to sell a screenplay. So, um, yeah. it's tough. It's a tough. It's a tough business. Yeah, uh, it's a tough to have that that big break. I like that you talked about rewrites too, because you know, a lot of people think that you just write something and it's perfect. And like, no, you go back and you write it again. You might change things a million times and it might take years to. Yeah. And so I always ask every guest who comes on, what words of wisdom do you have for future generations? Future generations vote. <laughs> yes. Vote, vote the right way. If you don't want to vote the right way, you don't have to vote. <laughs> yeah um not to get political but it's a very political time right now um you know get i would say get the help you need to get your mind and body and spirit straight because if you are if you are healthy in mind body and spirit um you are going to be more able to do the things that you want to do with your life and you're, you're going to be more able to 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 be a bright light in the world um and i you know it took me a long time to get those those three things aligned and they're still a little wonky i still have some some help with with all of those things um and just believe that things are possible you know um i absolutely did not think i would sell this book and i did and i absolutely knew for sure that it was not going to win the Schneider Family Book Award, which is something I dreamed of winning since its inception. I was like certain, you know, it didn't get the starred reviews and, you know, wasn't on the best of lists. And then it won the award. And what I really realized at that point, it was like, I don't know anything. I don't know what's going to happen in life. I'm not, you know, omniscient. Yeah. So just uh, get your mind, body and spirit right. Put your nose to the grindstone and manifest uh, the dreams you have in the world and be kind to people. Gosh, yes. that, yeah. All that would be my future generation. Yes. They're <laughs> awesome. And, you know. Well, Carol, it has been so much fun having you here today. And oh, um, we're going to put a link to your website so that everyone can check out your wonderful book. And, um, when is the next one set to come out? Do you have any kind of dates yet? I don't have any any dates on any books. Again, the picture book is on submission. My agent and I are very excited about it. Um, I will be speaking at the SCBWI Summer Conference, oh. uh, which I believe is the first weekend of August. I'm doing a breakout session about, uh, called Disability Reset, mm -hmm. Changing How We Think, Talk, and Write About Disability. So check that out if you are so inclined. Yes. And um, watch this space, as one of my heroes would say. Yes. Watch this space. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.